part of the studio down there in Rwanda. They've made their place with us in our church and a part of our body. And uh, he is uh, another preacher among us. And it's always good to have. We don't want everybody to be preachers. But we're glad to have a lot of them. And we're glad to have everyone that we have in our church. I had a pastor call uh, this week. Wanted to know if we could supply somebody to preach for him. And we said, well, we'll send you a list and you can just choose the one you want. No, we, uh, we didn't do that, though. <laughs> but, but we did tell them we had several. We would pick the right person and ask that person to go preach for him. I don't even know what Sunday that is and when he's going to do that. I guess I'm not I just know that he called and asked if we could do that. So, and we, and I actually, I'd kind of like to get the word out. I, 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 excuse me for taking about one minute to get, but I wish they had told us they were going to close the church in Green Coast Springs. The Assemblies of God Church has been there for 75 years. It's now closed, no services there, and the for sale sign out in front of the building. And if they had said anything to us about it, we could have sent people in there to build it and keep it going. And I think we could have done it really a, a, a caused a great work to be built up there again. Blessings of God are in this church and we're transferred So we may still do something about it. Building standing there empty. Why wouldn't we? Well, that's another time. Brother Steve, come up and preach for us, brother. Bring us God's word. Say something to touch my heart because I need it. And say something to bring me to the altar. I need that too. Amen. Praise God. Good evening. Love you too. Thank you. Appreciate that. that I, because you know it's an hour less of sleep or it's an hour more of sleep so that's just my thought process of the matter so anyway I do sleep well so that's not a, that's never been an issue for me whether I get an hour more or an hour less I function just as I've always functioned usually not very well but anyway that's just the way I function we are in a time, ah, yep, we need to refocus. We are in a time of year where a lot of Bible studies, a lot of messages that are being preached today are asking us to look forward to Easter. And that's a time of reevaluating, isn't it? That's a time of, of rethinking where we stand in Christ and what we, what we think about our relationship with Christ, what we think about our walk, and what we think about how we profess and possess and project His Spirit in our lives to the lost and dying world. You know, we have Christmas and we do the same thing just before, you know, through the month of December, we start evaluating ourselves. 
And every month or so, we have communion here. And we have a few minutes before the communion uh, time where we, you know, we bow our heads and we reevaluate our hearts and we start thinking about, where can I be better? What can I do to make, to become a better Christian? To become the man or woman of God that I know God wants me to be. And that you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. We all want to be what God wants us to be in our lives. And I'll I'll tell you something else. The Wednesday night crew, they are the ones that want to be more than any other. Now, I know there are men and women that can't be here, that they want it as bad as we do. But But the crew that comes on Wednesday night, man, you're the guys. You're the crew. And God wants to use us. And He always wants to us He always wants us to be reevaluating, refocusing what we think, how we feel, how we act for sure, how we speak. You know what? You spoke about beautiful feet the other day. He wants our all our gnarly feet to be beautiful. It doesn't matter. My message this evening is primarily going to be in Philippians chapter 3. It's called the need to refocus. How do we refocus? What do we do? There's some simple steps that you can do in your life to help you focus and refocus your your your, your uh, view of Christ and how he how he works in your life. The first thing I want to share with you is one way we can refocus our life and our direction is to rejoice. Man, be happy in the Lord, even when maybe some of your circumstances aren't such. Maybe they're not what you would hope they would be. Maybe they aren't as fluid and as smooth as you would like them to be. You know, the Bible defines rejoice as an... It doesn't. It defines it as an outward expression of an inward experience. And that's how we express our love to Christ, how we rejoice. That's one way. The word rejoice means experience joy and gladness to a high degree. That sounds pretty logical, doesn't it? Well, here's another definition. This is probably a, a, a secular uh, dictionary division. Uh, I got it out of Google. Define what does rejoice mean, actually mean. And here are the words. It means happiness, pleasure, joy, gladness, delight, elation, jubilation, exuberance. Man, wouldn't you love to feel that way all the time? <clears throat> when I first got saved, I was really gobbling up everything about God I could think of. I could read the music I was listening to. One day on my way to work, I couldn't help myself. And I just started praising God. And I couldn't even speak words. I started crying. I started jumping around. I started... Dancing, I don't know if it was dancing in the spirit. I was a young Christian, 24, 25 years old. I didn't know what to think. 
included style. People walking by me probably thought I was crazy. For 10 or 15 minutes on my walk to work, I was just, just happy. Couldn't even speak words. I guess that's when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've thought about that for a lot of times. And I've been like that many times since then. Usually in the privacy of my own home, in my own prayer time, or in my car. Well, you just start weeping and praising God. And rejoicing in your heart. To rejoice in the Lord. Do you know it's used 248 times in the Bible? Rejoice. 222 times in the Old Testament and 26 times in the New Testament. Several times in the book of Philippians. The first verse says, Rejoice in the Lord. Doesn't it? It says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And then he goes on to say, Listen, guys, I don't have a problem repeating this to you. It's good for both of us, isn't it? It's good to hear that quite often, isn't it? We hear it from our puppets here. We hear it from people in the the congregation. You can hear it sometimes in their voice. They're really rejoicing. They may not use that word, but you can see the rejoice in their heart almost. It's not unprecedented that we we need to do this back in... in, uh, in Chronicles chapter 16, verse 10, it says, For what we need to rejoice for what he has done and is going to do in your life. Even if he hasn't done it yet, we need to rejoice that it's going to get done. We have a lot to be rejoicing. We have a lot to be rejoicing for. He's forgiven us, hasn't he? He's reconciled us to himself, hasn't he? He's given us a new heart. He's made us new creatures, hasn't he? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have reason to rejoice. He's not only changed... We've got to get short of this. I keep tripping over it. We've got we to get... Anyway. But we have a lot of reasons to rejoice. Deuteronomy chapter 12 says, Because God has blessed you, See, that's very vague, but God has blessed us, hasn't he? He's blessed us in a lot of areas of our life, our families, our children, our grandchildren, our future children, our grandchildren, children for some, future children, future grandchildren, right? In Isaiah 61, verse 7, it says, In our inheritance... He, is, he, is, he promised the Jews that he was going to expand. And we are co-heirs with Christ. That is something to shout about. To me it is. I hear some amens in the front here. I see some shaking. Head shaking. I hear some head shaking. In our inheritance, we are co-heirs with Christ. You know what that means? That means that we don't that we don't share equally. We get everything. We get it all. That's what that means. We're co-heirs with Christ. 
in Luke, we can rejoice that our name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Man, we have so much to be re- to, to rejoice about, to be thankful. And you know, a lot of times, well, how do you rejoice? Well, a lot of times with me, it turns into thankfulness, being thankful. Giving thanksgiving, Lord, thank you for this, thank you for that. Thank you for favor that I haven't even received yet. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my finances. Thank you for you fill in the blank. <laughs> to rejoice is following the command, but to rejoice also brings strength. You know what? When I, when, when I start rejoicing and when I'm really thankful for what he's given me, I feel like shouting. But I have extra strength in my in my in my muscles, and I just feel so much better about life. I can do what I need to do in my life, in my job, in my family. I don't always want to go out and rake the yard, but I know I've got strength to do that if I have to. But I do have the strength. It brings peace to my bones, if you will. It brings a calmness to my spirit. Rejoicing in the Lord will definitely change your attitude about life, about people, about situations that you might find yourself in. To rejoice brings assurance and confident assurance. Doesn't it? Brings assurance about a lot of different things in you. I'm sure of that. It's second nature to me anymore. I believe that with all my heart. Somebody asks me, it's not, some, it's not something I have to, hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's just normal. That's the way it should be. Our Christianity, our walk, should be fluent. If you will. It should be fluent in our speech. It should be fluent in the way we listen. It should be fluent. People should see it. See a difference in us. Because of where we just came from, that rejoicing attitude, that rejoicing of the heart posture, that thankfulness. And I've already said this, but I'm just going to read it because I wrote it. Rejoicing in the Lord, and I wrote usually, but I'm going to write, I'm going to say always, results in thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. You can just make a list. You know, some people say, I'm going to write a list of everything I'm thankful for, and that list is going to, you better buy a notebook. Because that list is going to go on and on. And you should not just write things that you are thankful for, you should write in that list things that you should be thankful for that maybe you haven't been. And keep that list as an open list because you're going to always want to add stuff to it. Another way to refocus is to reject the negative influences and teaching from without and from within. Churches are filled with negative speakers, negative talkers. You mentioned it earlier. We need to watch. We need to have a sensitive ear to what people are saying, how they affect us. 
how they try to infect us. In that second verse, in verse 3, it says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilators. Reject that negative speech. Words of discord you used. I love that phrase, words of discord. I wrote it down when you said it. They could come from seemingly godly people. And we need to be we need to we need to have an ear for that. We need to ask God all the time, Lord, make my ears, make my heart sensitive. So I know when something isn't right, I can reject that. I can turn that off. Sometimes you can't unhear something. Sometimes you can't unsee something, but you can put it in the back by filling it with something else, something positive, something scriptural. The dogs, they're the lost world, they're hostile to the faith. And we're getting we're getting bombarded with that all over the place, aren't we? We need to be we need to be careful what we're listening to, what we're hearing, but when we hear it. We need, to re- we, need to, we need to consider where it's coming from. These are, not, these are not healthy for our walk with Christ, those that speak these things. These dogs of the faith, these dogs that, uh, the, of the lost world. And I'm just using what the scripture says for that, for their description. Hostile to the faith. To the faith. <laughs> we also need to be aware of evil men evil workers. They try to add stuff to salvation. Oh, in order for you to be saved, you need to do this or do that. Faith plus something else. You need to run away from that. Men who disrupt unity in the church. You said that up for a pastor moments ago. I love that phrase too. I wrote it down. You wrote half my message today, Pastor. <laughs> Men who disrupt the unity. That's what people try to do from without and from within. You know, sometimes we hear stuff, uh, attacks on Christianity, and sometimes, man, it's so logical that it's easy sometimes for us to, to take hold of a, 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 a word of, um, not bold, but a word of call. It's not so good for us. So we need to be careful. And that's one way we can we can refocus or focus on what we need to focus on. So you rejoice in the Lord, reject uh, uh, negative influences, and we also <coughs> need to reconsider. This is number three. Reconsider your righteousness. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from um, the flesh, like the Pharisees? Man, I'm righteous because I do this. Or I'm righteous because I do that. Or I give this. Or I say the right things at the right time. I can pray eloquent prayers. That's why I'm, that's, that's why I'm righteous. Or is your righteousness... 
Is it religious righteousness, which is the negative connotation, or is it um, is it relationship righteousness? Your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. For the sake of Christ. Paul writes in verse 4. your heart. Praise God. Praise God. Now I can read it from back here. Man, I rejoice in the Lord. Always, yeah. Again, I say rejoice. Where is our, where is our uh, righteousness? Is it in the flesh or is it in the faith? for Christ's sake. So back to reconsider our uh, position, our possession, and our profession. And we need to, we need to think about our possession. And we know Jesus Christ is our Savior. That's the possession. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. When you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you have the power of God living within you. You have every bit of God's power living within you. It's how we utilize that. It's how we profess that. It's how we exude that in our walk and in our talk. In our position, in in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God. Verses I'm reading through this chapter. There's a lot of messages in all in a lot of these verses, but I just want to focus just on a few things. The possession we have, we have Christ in your heart. That affects everything that we do. That affects our profession, what we say, what we speak, and that affects our position. And I want us to move over to verse 20. And it says, our position, where do we live? In the spirit, where do we live? In the flesh, we live here on earth. Under the attack of all that's going on around us, under the influence of all the stuff that's going around us. But it says here, we are citizens in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. One day I will be there. One day I'm going to be 
looking at Christ face to face. Amen? So are you. If you know Jesus Christ, so are you. In fact, it's not going to be in this body that I'm going to be seeing him face to face. It goes on to say, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. It's going to be the same as he has right now in glory. The moment we pass, the moment we, we enter that door of glory, our body will be transformed to the spiritual body that we look forward to. I can't wait for mine. No more fat diets. No more eating wisely. No more carrots with blue cheese dressing. I like ranch myself. But it's, it's what we have to look forward to. That's a way that we focus, isn't it? Think about what you have to look forward to. Think about what you're going through or what you've been through and how the Lord is going to take you through the rest of our days. I did get ahead. Reconsider what we have to look forward to. Another way to, to refocus our walk and our way is to rejoin the, the race. Verse 12, it says, Now that I have already attained, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about the past, folks. It's behind us. Water under the bridge. says, I will never keep Christ though that. The Bible says, I will never remember it again. So, why should we? Now, not that we would forget stuff, but why would we bring it up? Satan will do that for us. He's accusing, he's the accuser of the brethren. He will bring it to your forefront all the time if you give him an opportunity. Lord, you forgive me and I get it off me. Get it away from me. I don't need this stuff. I don't want this stuff on you. Don't worry about the past. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. When, if you're born again, if Christ, if God is looking down on you, the blood of Christ, that's what he sees. He sees you perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's the way he sees you. Why do we not have to worry about the past? Because in verse 19 it says, in verse 19 of Isaiah, the next verse, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. 
is something to look forward to. We don't know what that new thing will be most of the time. Sometimes God gives us just enough to take that next step, doesn't he? Just enough to get us through the next day or the next week. And sometimes he'll show us what we can look forward to if we continue walking in that short-sightedness. He's got a goal. He puts a goal in your head. He puts a, 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 a desire in your head. And then he gives you a direction to take, to fulfill that goal, or to accomplish that goal, or to, to fulfill that desire that he has given Because God wants to make <clears throat> some changes life. That's why he does that. He wants to make new things happen for you that will have blessed results for you. That's your focus, isn't it? That's your focus in Knowing that God is working in our lives to do those things. He wants us to get back on the field. How many of you played sports decades ago? So we, I see hands raised. Yeah, I, I played sports. I played college tennis. I played tennis for the Air Force in Europe. Should have stayed in. But I, 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 the example I wrote is, is either football or baseball. But in football, when when a quarterback throws an interception, you know he walks off the field. But you know when he comes back in, it's passed. He's not thinking. If he's a good quarterback, he's not thinking about that interception or that that fumble that he made or or whatever it was that he did wrong. He's not thinking about that. That blocker isn't thinking about the, the block that he missed. He's thinking about the next play. He's thinking about the end of the game. He's he's got he's thinking trying to think four or five steps ahead what he's going to do. Baseball players who, who make an error, they, in the first inning, do not dwell on that error for the whole game. Every inning is a new and fresh inning. Every, the next play in football is the next play in football. That one's behind you. Now the, the other team is saying, hey, you may really screw up on that, on that last play. You can do that again? So they're going to accuse that guy or that person. Press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of you and me. It's another way to refocus. It's to keep on growing in your spiritual faith. To keep on growing in your spiritual walk. To put yourself under the teaching of those more knowledgeable than you. You know there's no youth in here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. 
for me to say it many times to you is not hurtful for you or for me. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God and verse 10 says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him you know when I read that verse I read it just a little bit let me tell you how I read it and I'm going to have us repeat once for God so loved me that he gave his one and only son that if I believe in him, I shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn me, that I would be saved through him. Let's read that. For God so loved me, say it with me, for God so loved me that he gave his one and only Son, that if I believe in him, I shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son. I'm not doing that. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn me, but that I would be saved through Him. I read a lot of verses in the personal where it says we sometimes. I'll read me. Where it says you, I'll read me. I'll read I. It's important. That we, that we start focusing on what God wants to do in our lives. Philippians 4.13 says, I love this verse, one of the first verses that I ever learned after First um, John 1.9. You know what that verse is, don't you? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I probably use that verse more than any other verse that I've ever memorized in my life. But here's the verse that I learned shortly thereafter. It might have been the same time I was learning verses. I can do through Christ who strengthens me. Ten words. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. See what I'm doing? Every word I'm emphasizing the next time I read Because every word comes from the focus on the Lord Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Here's another Don't be anxious for anything. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I get tingles every time I read that verse because what God is doing, He's going to bring the peace that He has, which is different from the world, for sure. And He's going to give it to you, to me. Don't be anxious about everything, anything, 
but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses more than we could ever think or ask, that's what that means. Surpasses anything that we can even imagine. He's giving to us. Verse 419 says in Philippians 419, it says, And my God shall supply all my needs. It says your needs. And my needs. And my God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. In Isaiah 39. 29 through 31, it says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. You accept that power. If you have the Holy Spirit, you've got the power. But are you letting it come out? Are you, are you letting it work in your life? He gives the power to the weak. He, and you know this verse. You've probably heard this verse more than once. Even needs grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, we are children of God, right? So that makes us young, doesn't it? That's what the verse is talking about. That's who this verse is talking about. Us. It doesn't matter our age, our physical age, we're his children. Is there anybody in here today that wants to begin to focus on Jesus Christ? What that simply means is if there's anybody in here in this room that doesn't want Christ as their Savior, you want to begin Anybody in here that wants to begin that work of refocusing in your life? What that simply means is taking him off the background and putting him on the floor. What that simply means is start thinking about him first and foremost. When I get up in the morning, I say, Good morning, Lord. I don't say, Good Lord, it's morning. Good day, Lord. Good work, Lord. Use me today, Lord. If there's anybody that wants to, to begin that refocus life, it might be something we need to do every day. Amen? It's the, it's the process, the sanctifying process, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He wants us to keep us focused. Sometimes we fall and stumble in, in our walk and all the stuff that comes in us. Father, we praise you and we bless you. We thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the time of refreshing. We thank you for the time of refocusing our hearts and our lives in Jesus Christ. Lord, ne- never let us get weary of doing this. Always keep it to a forefront in our minds and in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions.
let it become second nature to us. If it's not already, Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you for your glory, we thank you for your righteousness, we thank you for your holiness that you shed upon us, because it all comes from you. We don't generate you generated in us. Lord, we look forward to seeing you move and work in our hearts and in our lives. We look forward to the coming Sundays where uh, we're preparing our hearts for Easter, for Resurrection Sunday, and all that goes along with that, Lord. We thank you. We love you and we praise you. And we rejoice in your presence. Father, we pray for the souls that are going to be coming here Sunday, that they will be saved if they're not, that they will be refocused if they need it, and that they will join our ranks because of it, because of what you're doing here in this church, in this congregation, in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, Amen.